In today's episode of Real People, Real God, Misu and Lindsay conclude their study on Misu's most recent book, Miriam. They'll examine Pharaoh's barrier to faith, seeing Yahweh as one God among many, and how we can decipher supernatural events occurring in our world today. This is me, Sue. And this is Lindsay. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are glad to have you with us again today. Me, Sue, how are you doing over there in the great state of Washington today? I am doing well. It's not raining, so that's, that's a plus. Yeah, that's yes. a plus. Kind of a miracle, actually, in the great state <laughs> of Washington. So, yeah. No, it's good. I, I'm a little blah. I don't know why. If I mean, mm. it's not raining, so I should be doing... Good, but you know, it's just kind of one of those blah days. I, I don't yep. know why I don't have anything specific to be blah about, but just kind of, yeah, just not feeling it today. How about you? Just How are some, you? Yeah, I'm doing doing pretty good. It's not snowing over here in Wisconsin today, <laughs> in Wisconsin? even though it has been, even though it's April, there's been a little bit of snow already, but not today. So good. that's a good thing. Yeah, but I'm having, I'm having a pretty decent day, just kind of a regular good. day, nothing too great, nothing too bad, but just going with the flow and having a pretty decent day, getting stuff done in the world, getting errands done, getting work done, getting life done. Good it's, job. It's been a pretty good day for me. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's, well, let's see. Yeah. Let's yep. get into this Bible study thing. Maybe we'll let's both have a better what... day and get, like, lots of good things accomplished here. Hey, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah. So, today we're going to continue again with the Miriam Bible study, and this is going to be our last section of the Miriam Bible study, and I think it's been a fun study. I'm I'm excited about what we've talked about and what we're going to talk I about today it. to kind of cap it off. I think it's been it's been fun to learn together with this. So, yeah, um, yeah we're going to finish up today by talking about the character of Pharaoh mostly along with some of the other Egyptians, um, and really this idea, this barrier to belief of um, one God among many gods. Uh, Pharaoh kind of had this idea of God just being one more God in a long list of a myriad of gods, and um, he kind of viewed supernatural activity in the world as just being this host of gods vying for attention or power and rule and nothing, nothing much more extravagant than that. So no God was too different than the next, maybe. And um, yeah, it's just kind of this interesting idea of, of what if God is just one God among many, or, or kind of what do you make of supernatural activity in the world? That's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So, Misi, why don't you tell us what you learned about the Egyptian gods and about even the character of Pharaoh as you were doing your research for this book? What struck you about um how many gods were there in Egypt? What what were these gods like? What did they control? Um, how how did they compare it all to your research of you know the Israelite god, the god of the Bible? What stuck out to you about some of that in your research? I think one of the most interesting things that I found was that Pharaoh himself was thought to be a god, um, and hmm. you know that that to me was really fascinating. Um, Pharaoh was thought to be the son of Horus, the, the sun god. And hmm. each of the pharaohs had to come up with some story about how and where they acquired this divine spark inside them. Um, now, that was all fine and well for somebody that came from a royal lineage and that that divine spark could be passed down from, you know, dear old mom and dad. But beginning with 
Pharaoh Horemheb, who we met in the Pharaoh's Daughter, the first my first book in the Treasures of the Nile series, um, he is a true historical figure. And from research, I found out that he actually came up with his story about getting this divine spark. He he made up this story that um, you know from his hometown he was touched by Horus while he was at an Opet festival, um, hmm. and Amun came and you know presented he was presented to Amun and which is another sun god and you know so I mean they they came up with these intricate stories to prove that they had this deity within them um, hmm. and then Horemheb left no uh, no heir to the throne and so he decided that the Ramesses were going to be his heirs and um, so then they had to come up with a reason why, okay, now the Ramesses have a divine spark. And, oh, by the way, their patron god is Seth, and he was kind of this crocodile sort of different mm-hmm. kind of looking human crocodile thing. And um, and so now how did they get the divine spark over there? And so it was <laughs> it was just kind of an interesting... Um, yeah, I just had never thought about how the pharaohs had to, you know, kind yeah. of put up a, some proof, you know, money where your yeah. mouth is. How did wouldn't you get be... this divine spark after all, you know? Right. You know, sometimes I think, wouldn't that be nice if I could just make up a story about, oh, well, I have this divine spark in me and really I'm a, a demigod and you have to listen to everything I say. I, it, I, you know, you're talking about these, the pharaoh and, and all these pharaohs being or, or believing that they themselves were gods or they had a divine spark it kind of actually hits home to me. On the one hand, I think that would be nice in my life sometimes. And then, oops, on the other hand, I think sometimes I just sort of think that about myself. <laughs> sometimes I kind of just like to fancy myself to be some kind of some kind of superhero or Superman or God or, you know, I'm just as good as God. And yikes, that's, that's you know, doesn't doesn't take just a Pharaoh to believe that. I think yeah, we maybe everyday people. Right? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. kind of, I yeah. would like that sometimes, I think. I guess uh-huh. it comes with some responsibility that I wouldn't want but it'd yeah. be nice if I could do everything or control everything or or even tell people what to do sometimes that's my confession for you all today sometimes there I don't want go. to tell the world what to do there sometimes you, I really don't I, no I think we're all that way you know that's part of our sin nature you know we inherited mm-hmm. that from Adam and Eve that's that's what got Eve to reach out and take that forbidden fruit you know satan said the serpent said um you know don't you don't you want to be like god don't you want to be in yeah. control? don't you want to yep. know good from evil i mean that's i really the, do sometimes that, yep yeah that's that original that's that original temptation that's what got her to eat that fruit and mm-hmm. I, that is i think one of the most fascinating things is that need to be in control and the mm-hmm. egyptians held on to that so tightly um, I was I was really surprised in my research to find that it really was only the royals and the priests who really knew much about the gods. Um, hmm. the, the common Egyptians, they really had no control over their spiritual lives whatsoever. The, the commoners, the peasants, they never saw a sacrifice or witnessed any of the rituals that went on in worship. Um, they sometimes would see some of that in an annual festival, but 
by and large, the only thing that the common Egyptians saw as far as worship or religion, they saw magic tricks from the priests and they heard various interpretations of what the legends were that were associated mm. with the Egyptian gods. But those legends changed depending on which priest told it or which pharaoh was in power at the time. And so the common people of Egypt, you know, they, the gods that they knew were proven to them by magic tricks or natural phenomenon, you know, whether it rains this year yeah. or whether it doesn't rain this year, you know, that's the gods are angry or the gods are pleased. Yeah. And that's all they knew of their God gods until Yahweh shows up. Hmm. And then he reveals himself to everyone, priest, Pharaoh, commoner alike. And, and what God Yahweh God was doing, the Hebrew God was doing None of that could be dismissed with natural phenomenon or, or explained away in magic tricks. You know, the priests couldn't match the, the, the magic, quote unquote magic, that Pharaoh or that Moses and Aaron were doing. And um, the first couple of things that they did, for whatever reason, God allowed the magicians to do the same thing. Hmm. So that was interesting to me as I, you know, when you read through the the plagues and, and some of those first things, the magicians were able to do it themselves just like God had done it. So what's yeah. up with that? I mean, yeah, it yeah. kind of, it kind of sounds like this interesting concept of um, the, the Pharaohs and the priests really had the power to control the common people, with just kind of giving whatever, whatever kind of scenario they wanted, interpreting, interpreting signs, yeah. interpreting seasons, interpreting natural things to into whatever kind of God they wanted to be, or, you know, interpreting it as whatever kind of divine spark and just presenting that to, to the common people. And then, you know, if you're an everyday person, you have no, no control or no say in what that's like. And all you can do is kind of receive that, that narrative, I guess, from, from Pharaoh and or from the people in power for, for their own ends. But then here shows up this new God, this Hebrew God who says he's going to do something. He says it through Moses and Aaron, I'm going to do this. And then he does it um, yeah. very different than, you know, just Pharaoh or the priests interpreting signs and, and things in nature as, you know, whatever God would serve their ends, I suppose. <laughs> it's a very yeah. different kind of interaction, I think. So, yeah. so why do you think, how, how have you tried to distinguish between different forces or powers in the world or in your life or different evidences of, you know, supernatural activity, if you will, um, some things like that? I think we see things that happen that we, we can't explain or we don't always understand or we don't know what to do with them. And I think we want to explain them in some way, you know, I, even, even Pharaoh and the priest wanting to explain things in a certain way for just for understanding or for power or for any number of reasons uh, for me, just even for understanding why do these things happen? Things that are beyond our control out of the ordinary or yeah. beyond our imagination. Um, what are some ways that, you have or you have seen people make sense of supernatural activity in the world um what are some ways that you have tried to make sense of unexplainable things in your life how how have you walked that path of of the unexplainable in the world well i think i think first before i share how i've done it i think i want to talk about why we do it because okay i think everybody i think god plants the desire to believe in the unknown in every soul so I, I think every child has the desire to believe in the unknown. Mm. 
I think so that idea maybe of eternity in our hearts, he's placed there eternity in our hearts, something beyond us, Absolutely. something beyond here resonates in our hearts and we know it exists Absolutely. somewhere. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, what kid doesn't have an imaginary friend? What kid doesn't love cartoons? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we parents, we feed it with Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and all of these imaginary things that we do. And by the time we're older, um, our imaginations are squished by, by reality, right? I mean, we get mm. cynical. It's, it's hard for us to believe and have faith in anything that's unexplainable. We, that cynical side of us just says, no, I'm sorry, I, I can't believe anymore. And, mm. and so then we begin to say anything that's unexplainable, it's luck, it's fate, it's chance. And, and faith all of a sudden becomes very hard. Um, now, once we make that step of faith... Um, then we can say, okay, is now the question is, is it God? Is it Satan? Some people mm -hmm. go as far as, okay, is it space creatures? Is it another mm -hmm. power? Is it a higher power? Um, you know, and, and so now we get to, okay, now if you, if you believe there's another force, if you believe there's a higher power, um, little G gods, plural, now mm -hmm. where do you put them on a spectrum with a big G God. And yeah. I think for me, I choose to use both my brain and my faith. Mm. And for me, the way I have chosen to do that is I believe the Bible is miraculous. I believe that mm. 66 books written over 1500 years on three different continents by 40 authors from every walk of life for that to tell one coherent story, I think that's miraculous. Yeah. And so I look to that book and I, I see it as one single story that I'm a part of. Mm. I see it as God's attempt to have communion with mankind I saw that communion broken by sin in the garden. And the rest of that story is God's unending attempt to restore that perfect communion. And mm. revelation is simply when we finally get back to that perfect communion and I'm going to be there. I'm going to have that perfect communion again with my God. And, and so everything in that Bible has to do with my story. So that's why it's so important to me that I know about it. That's why I study it. That's why I want to understand it. So that's what I believe about that story. And that's why I choose to believe that my God is in control of what goes on in this world. And mm -hmm. I also then believe that anything that happens to thwart that story, to thwart God's efforts to be in perfect communion again, I attribute anything that happens to thwart that to God's enemy, Satan. Hmm. So that's kind of my litmus answer. That's kind of how I decide. What about you? What, how, yeah. how, how do you decide what's, what you attribute to who in this power struggle that we see in the supernatural? Well, I think, I think it's really hard. And I think some of the things that you're talking about, um, what we're talking about here is, human beings trying to make sense of the unknown, trying to make sense, finite beings trying to make sense of something that's beyond us. Some, some forces, some activities, some things that, that are beyond us that don't seem like natural occurrences or just, just things that seem other. And that is inevitably hard to do. That is 
hard to do and it's hard to do with any kind of consistency either to consistently yeah. think that it's this Absolutely. or that or whatever. And, and I think it becomes easy to, to write it off as chance or luck or fate or, or, you know, the world just spins the way it does. And all these things happen by chance that can be easier because yeah, it's just sort of a putting up my hands. If what we're talking about is things that are out of my control, things that I don't understand, things that are other and unknown, it can be a lot easier to put up my hands and say, that's just chance. Um, yeah. rather than that's God or that's the devil or that, you know, or that's, that's some, being that's some personal being in the world doing something you know i think these these are hard things and this this is why i think people wrestle with a lot of notions about supernatural activity or things that we can't understand and what is it and who did it and is it coincidence or is it god even in some of the things we've been previously talking about you know experiences of pain and hardship or or things like that um it it can be hard to wrestle through a lot of these things and so i think um for me coming to understand supernatural activity in the world. I'm still wrestling through a lot of that. And of of course I, I believe in God. I believe in a God who created the world and in a God who keeps the world spinning and in a God who is good to us and who still reaches down and interacts with us here. But it's hard for me a lot of times to yeah. know what to attribute to God or what oh, to attribute to something else or to, you know, sometimes I say, well, maybe that was just a coincidence because I don't yeah. know. And it's hard to, it's hard to say, I, these are things I, I wrestle with often, but, but one thing that has led me to, you know, to at least make sense of, of supernatural activity by um, believing in God and in the God of the Bible is because the, the picture that I see of the God of the Bible and of his values, his order for the world, his values for the way things are meant to run makes the most sense to me um, as a story that explains why things are the way they are. Um, it, it, it makes the most sense to me to explain why things are bad because of the fallenness of human beings. It makes sense to me to, ex it's, it's the most hopeful answer and the most sensible answer, not always the most logical, but the most sensible, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. Like it seems yeah. like the, the most um, sensible or, or, or reasonable answer for why things are the way that they are. And the most hopeful, it makes sense of human, human endeavors, human pride, humanity, humanness, the way we are, the way the world is and, and how anything good can happen in us. So not quite like what you're talking about for me. It, so it does come back to the Bible and the story I see in the Bible is what mm -hmm. helps me make sense of supernatural activity that, that there is a God out there. And I think he, he is like this God of the Bible that mm -hmm. I've seen um, well, and, because and of some I of those think, things. I think sometimes Lynn, some things that we think are supernatural aren't. And mm -hmm. some things that we don't think are supernatural, they are. So yeah. kind of like, you know, we go, you go to a magic show, you're amazed at the sleight of hand, you know, okay, that's not supernatural. You, you can explain that, you know, mm -hmm. buy a magic book. It tells you all about that. <laughs> sure. But, okay, let's talk about all the people that were late for work on the morning of September 11th, 2001. I don't think that was coincident. I, that, I think mm. that was supernatural. I think that mm -hmm. was God's hand in those people's lives. So, but there are some people that don't think that's supernatural. Yeah. I believe God is at work in everything we do. And mm -hmm. I believe that Satan and his minions try to destroy everything that God values on this mm -hmm. earth. And so when something goes wrong in my life, 
I'm important to God. And so I need to try to decide, okay, is this God's hand trying to guide me away from something? Mm. Or, second choice, is it Satan trying to thwart a good and godly goal? Mm -hmm. Third choice, maybe this is just the consequences of living in a sin-sick world. Sure. You know, I mean, all three of those are, are possibilities. Yeah. Maybe it is supernatural, choices one or two. Or you know what? Maybe it's not supernatural. Maybe it just is consequences of, of living in this life that I live and making the mm-hmm. choices I chose. Mm-hmm. Um, Which would be more of a natural consequence, so to speak. Right. A natural. It's the natural order of things, the way, which is still the way God created the world to work, but there's a natural mm-hmm. order of things that leads to natural consequences. And so right. maybe not quite so supernatural, but yeah. Right. So still okay. God ordained. <laughs> right. Silly example, though. Let's talk about this this podcast. I, yeah. I honestly have questioned, okay, we have had endless technical issues mm-hmm. on this podcast. Endless, to, people. To endless. endless. <laughs> to the point of ridiculous. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. we sit down to record it and, like, our phones have no storage suddenly. I mean, it's right. ridiculous. Or, like, so, all systems were go and then all of a sudden it fine, didn't work. And then, <laughs> boom, it just doesn't work. So, mm-hmm. okay, so I I ask God repeatedly, is this you telling me to stop, telling us to stop this? Or is this Satan trying to keep us from doing something that's important for the kingdom of God? You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to know that. So how do you go about deciding? Mm-hmm. How do you go about, I, I, I kind of think it's supernatural activity because really seriously, I had plenty of storage when I took a picture. Why am I not suddenly having yeah. any storage left? Yeah. So, I, you know, I, so how do you deal with that when you really do believe it's supernatural activity? How do you decide when mm-hmm. all of a sudden now there's no supernatural activity to give you an answer? Mm-hmm. So here's what I do. I ask my friends to pray mm-hmm. and then I listen and I wait. Mm-hmm. And what I found is, you know, I just keep moving in a direction whatever direction mm-hmm. seems to be correct at that point. Because uh, I have learned from experience, it's easier for God to steer a moving vehicle than a parked car. Yeah. So I, I keep moving until I, I hear differently or I feel differently in my spirit about it. And I, that's, there's nothing real supernatural about that answer, but that's my experience. So mm-hmm. how about you? How do you decide if you're feeling like something is going on and it's the Lord, it's, it, you're not sure if it's the Lord or if it's the enemy. And how do you do that? Yeah. Well, as I have come to make sense of supernatural activity by, you know, reading the Bible and saying, well, I think, I think there is something more than just the physical natural world around us. I think there is a God. There are, there's a spirit world there's a spiritual thing happening in and around all of us all the time just just in our everyday lives so there there's something more and and I've come to make sense of a lot of that through the bible and through god's word and so then then what i begin to see i i let the bible try to inform a lot of how i view that so and that's and i don't claim to have a perfect understanding of what the bible tells us about what's happening here oh and there but i try to let that yeah. inform how i interact with these things so okay god god says there's more than just what we can see 
see, and he's part of that. And also the devil is a reality that's part of that and evil spirits and all the things that go along with that. So, so we've got um, God and the heavenly host and angels, and we've got these things we can't see. And then we've got a force for evil as well that we can't see. And so there are at least, at least these two options. Like you said, there's these options. There's also just maybe some natural consequences, but these things are realities. And so if there seems to be something happening that I can't understand, something supernatural, something unseen or something beyond me, I, I look to the Bible to say, okay, like you said, it, it seems like it would either be God or it would be the devil. And so just letting the Bible really inform, uh, it's for me, it's been a lot of, of reading God's word to try to figure out the character of God. What does his yeah. word as a great resource for us understanding who God is? What does it tell me about God's character? And what does it tell me about the character of the evil one, the father right. of lies, the devil, the deceitful one, the accuser? You know, I, I learned these characteristics of the devil and of, of what the Bible says he is like. So then if there's some kind of supernatural activity that sounds like accusation, that sounds like defeat, that sounds like lies, that sounds like, I I don't know, like if it sounds like a lot of those things, I start to think, well, maybe that's a force for evil. Maybe that's the devil. Maybe that's, um, that's an evil kind of supernatural activity. But if it sounds like, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then maybe it's God and God's spirit. Or if it sounds like holiness and purity and justice and love and wisdom, you know, these other things. Um, and again, I'm no perfect judge of, of what's wisdom and what's not, or what's, what's love and what, you know, I'm not a perfect judge of yeah. those things, but, but just sure. trying to read scripture and say, does this sound like the character of God that I've come to know, which would be a good God and a loving God and also true and just and these things, or does it sound like, does it sound like deceit? Does it sound like lies? Does it sound like accusation? Does it sound like the evil one? And, you know, some of those descriptions. And I don't know if I always get that right, but that's that's kind of where I try to go, is, is go back yeah. to the Bible and let Scripture inform me. And then also just the picture of of the Christian God, the God of the Bible that I have seen, um, the, the, the picture of that God that the Bible paints for us is different from any other description of any other God I've ever heard of or seen, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. especially in a few big ways. One of the biggest ways I see that the God of the Bible is different from any other God or legend or myth or anything I've heard about is that our God died for us. Our God solved the problem of, of human brokenness by coming down and dying. I don't think there's any other God narrative where God does that. Um, and that is just amazing. That sets sets our God apart and makes makes our God different. Is that I think most most God stories or most um, religions or most legends or myths or, or any of those things usually come together on the same points of there's something wrong with humanity and here's these God creatures that are above and humans just have to kind of work harder to get up there or they have to appease the gods. But we have a God who appeased his own wrath and his own sense of justice and who came down and died for us rather than us working our way up to him. And, and so that just as a whole different kind of character then when you're talking about supernatural things or, or stories of gods or supernatural activity, that's a different kind of supernatural being, I think. And I I try to let that inform me as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a great place for us to end because I think um, ultimately that's the lesson I think that Pharaoh learned. That's the lesson that the Hebrew people learned. Um, it, it doesn't matter really what God you think you know. Um, mm-hmm. God in the end will show his power and yeah. um, will prove himself if if your eyes are open if your heart is willing if mm-hmm. if you have um, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that's willing to learn um, mm-hmm. he does prove himself and so I, I think yeah I'm, I'm excited to know more about this God um, every day and yeah. that that's what it comes down to just the willingness to to know this supernatural mm-hmm. God and I, I think he, he is willing to show himself to those who are willing to, to look for him. So, yeah, yeah good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Well, Absolutely. I think we're about out of time for today. So let's talk about where we go from here. Um, Lindsay, do you want to, do you want to tell our listeners sure. what's going to happen next? Yeah. So now okay. that we've finished up this Miriam Bible study, we're going to be shifting into a new mode with our podcast here. Um, we're actually going to be switching to every other week podcast rather than every Friday. So our next podcast will be airing on April 29th, and then it will keep repeating every other week after that. Um, and beginning with that podcast on the 29th, we're going to begin telling the single cohesive building story of the Bible um, Um, through the lives of various Bible characters, through looking at their lives. And as we look at their characters, uh, their stories, we're going to be asking two main questions each week. Um, what, What is our real God doing in this story? And what are the real people doing in this story? And we're going to use those two questions to kind of talk about um, this idea of real people interacting with the real God and also building through the stories of, of scripture. We're going to try to see how the Bible is a single cohesive story and what we can learn about our real God through it. And each week we'll also do a little bit of chatting about how the answers to those questions inform our real everyday lives as real people here in the 21st century, far removed from Bible times. We'll see how we can connect that too. Yeah. 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 So please subscribe uh, to Real People, Real God on iTunes, Android, or the RSS feed on my Friday blog. That's www.misuandrews.com slash blog. And the notes for each of our podcasts are available on that blog and on the date of the podcast. And you can also download a PDF so you can print it off and study it later if you'd like. And if you have any comments or questions for us, you can also do that on the blog as well. So it was great to talk with you, Lindsay, these last four weeks. I'm looking forward to what comes next. Me too. I'm excited for it. I hope you all will join along with us as we keep going on this journey together. So thanks for joining and come back next time. And remember, be real. Thanks for listening to Real People, Real God. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We rely on real people to provide feedback and our real God to provide listeners.